Welcome to Shoot the Flick. I'm Frankie Sparks. And I'm Scott Eisenberg. And we are a married couple who like to shoot the shit about movies. That we do. That we do. And this week, oh no, we're starting to watch video game movies for the month of January because it's Scotty's month of torture. <laughs> Uh, that's right. We are watching three video game movies back to back to back, b- provided to us by Scotty's brain. The- these choices, and to be fair to him, there aren't really a lot of good video game movies to choose from. No, there aren't. But if you looked at the title of this episode, we are covering a movie based off one of my favorite video game franchises of all time. And that is the Resident Evil franchise. Yay! The reason we decided to do this is Scotty is a big video game nerd. I'm really not. I've never really played many video games. I can count on one hand the amount of video games I've played. And they've all been done very badly by me. But Scotty is going to introduce me to these video game movies starting with 2002's Resident Evil and I didn't go into this with very high expectations because from what I know about this franchise it's a fucking shit show yeah although I do have you seen all the movies Scott I mean I don't I know there's a new new one but I I don't think you've seen that right no I haven't seen a new new one but other than that other than that I think I've seen all of them I, I get mixed up with the titles because they all have subtitles. This one actually was supposed to have a subtitle, too. It was. Haha. <laughs> fun fact. Not so fun fact. The original Resident Evil film was originally going to be titled Resident Evil Ground Zero. <laughs> but again, this was made in 2002. So, you know, do the math. They decided to change that. But my original point was going to be that I just get the feeling Based on what I know about this franchise, seeing clips of the movies here and there over the years, and just knowing what I know as a a, a movie connoisseur, and particularly a connoisseur of shit movies, that this first one is probably the least egregious as far as shit. Yeah, it's either this one or the second one that probably are the least egregious. There's some bad shit in all of them, and they get worse and worse as time goes on. Even the games, after the first four, like, the first four in the main series are, like, beloved. And then you get to five, which got really mixed reviews. And then six was kind of a crap show. Then they kind of rebooted everything with seven. And I've heard great things about eight as well. So, and then there's, of course, a bunch of random other tie-ins. There's one with a zombie elephant. That sounds fun. It's like the zombie tiger from Walking Dead. Yeah, it was fucking scary as fuck. Because what I used to do when I was younger, and one of the big reasons I got into these games, I used to wait for a rainy night. I would chill off all the lights in my room and throw on a Resident Evil game and scare the living shit out of myself. (laughs) That sounds like fun. So that was a big reason for getting into this, the Silent Hill franchise. Right, so okay, as a, a gamer who loves the games... Because from what I understand, it's quote-unquote loosely based on the game. So is that accurate? (laughs) Very loosely based. Um, Okay. Because this one had Paul W.S. Anderson. The writer and director of this film. Who we will be talking about again next week. Oh, God. (laughs) Paul W.S. Anderson has 
a weird idea that he wanted to make a zombie movie with very little zombies. He made an AI villain, basically. Right, which isn't a bad concept. Mind you, the entire first 10 minutes of the movie basically reminded me of The Matrix. I don't know, maybe I'm weird for thinking that. Maybe you have a different feeling on it because you're attached to the games and I'm not. But literally, like, from the opening credits scene to the whole cold open gave me very strong Matrix slash Thomas Anderson vibes. And I was like, what the hell is this? And then when you said it's a zombie movie without zombies, there are a lot of zombies in this movie. But it takes 40 minutes to get to them. It does. But I've seen clips of the preceding films here and there, like I said, and I don't remember seeing any zombies. I remember seeing Mila Jovovich in like a long leather coat and kicking people and a guy in slick back hair and glasses being generally evil. Oh, West. And <laughs> the guy from Prison Break and Ali Larder was in one of the movies. I think that's okay. I think the movie you just described is the fourth movie. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Because I worked at a retail store years ago when I w- was in college and they, I remember they would play Resident Evil movies in the break room sometimes so that I would see little clips and not really know what the fuck was happening CGI everywhere by yeah. the way oh it's ridiculous and it, it, it is not aged well yeah this one in particular is really they use CGI to depict the zombies as well which is weird because like why like just do it practically but I guess CGI in the early 2000s was like you know a hot commodity it was like the brand spanking new thing so everyone had to do it yeah pretty much but still it just seemed unnecessary at points it it definitely is i don't know if we'll ever go deeper into these we probably won't i don't think so i don't want to (laughs) maybe if we're desperate sometime but even then even then i think i'd only show you the second one just because the second one is okay as well. After that, it, they really start dipping in value. Um, this was this was kind of a bummer for me. I, I can't lie because I I knew it was gonna be bad. Like I wasn't expecting it to be good by any stretch because not only like you know video game action movie, but also video game action movie from two thousand two starring Mila Jovovich. So I'm like, okay, this is not gonna be a fun time. But I thought maybe it would be like a so bad it's good situation. Nope. But it's not. It's just kind of like, eh. Like, I literally forgot half the movie after 10 minutes watching it. And I can't fault you for that. I also showed you the first seven minutes of the original Resident Evil game. Yes, after we watched the movie. And purposely also during the movie, I gotta say, you we were very good. Because usually when one of us introduced the other one to a movie... If we have questions while we're watching it and we just pose them to each other, the other one just answers it. I purposely said to Scott, don't tell me anything about the games or about the other movies. I just want to try and figure this thing out as like a total noob. I want to understand. And you were pretty good with that. You didn't like let me in on any spoilers. But after the movie was over, you showed me like the actual game, which really had like barely anything to do with what we watched, except it had a mansion in it and zombies. Yeah. So for anybody who doesn't know, Resident Evil... The Umbrella Corporation is the main villain of the entire series. They are a pharmaceutical company that ends up dealing with military contracts, creates a virus that can create zombies. They're really bad people. Really fucking bad people. The mansion that Frankie's talking about 
was actually constructed by, in the games, a well-known uh, maker of houses. So because he knew the layout of this fancy mansion, they kidnapped him and his family, killed his wife and him, and then tested on their daughter for 20 years. Fun. Yeah. Before we get into the nitty-gritty, I'm just going to go through some preliminary Michigas. You know the deal. Uh, like we said, it's written and directed by Paul W.S. Anderson. Apparently, the studio wanted it to be PG-13, but Anderson insisted on making it an R rating, which in the cold open of this movie, I thought it was PG-13, and then I looked it up and saw it was R, and I'm like why it's a zombie movie there's like zero gore in the fucking movie so like what exactly what's why so you could say fuck a few times like i don't understand why you wanted to make it r so bad but i digress paul ws anderson got this job as director based on his roaring success with another movie called mortal kombat wink wink uh, and he also wrote and directed several of the sequels for this movie and Alien vs. Predator, which all sound like great things. <laughs> there were also several other writers and directors that were involved with this project, including who the production company first hired. The guy's name is Alan B. McElroy. He was supposed to write the script originally. He, before that, wrote such classics as Spawn and Halloween 4. Uh, <laughs> so he, he wrote a script for Resident Evil and it was rejected by the studio. Then the illustrious George Romero was tapped to write the script and direct the movie. Uh, several drafts were written by him, but then they were ultimately rejected. Even though the script was fucking awesome, the studio was like, listen, if we did this movie, it would have to be NC-17 and no one would be able to fucking see it in theaters and we'd make no money. So sorry, we're going to have to go with the Mortal Kombat guy. <laughs> like, oh my God. And there's so many references too to like Night of the Living Dead and like Day of the Dead and all that stuff. So it's like why you had George Romero in your grasp and you let him slip away. Well, it's funny because they did an interview with uh, George Romero later on. And he said when he was writing this script, he had his assistant play the game. <laughs> so he didn't play the game. He watched his assistant play the game so he could write the script. Well, not for nothing. The main actors of this movie were also told to prep for their roles by playing through the game. But some people just watch playthrough videos instead, which I don't really fault them for. Not everyone's a video game person. Well, no, I'm, I'm fine with you watching videos. Also, none of these characters are in the game. Yeah, I thought that was weird, too, because when you showed me the first 10 minutes of the game, I'm like, okay, d are there any people that we just... By the way, they don't mention anybody's name also in this movie. There are, like, no character names until, like, the end, five minutes before they, like, fucking die. Spoilers. Like, you know, I don't know anybody. I don't care. I don't know anybody. I don't care about anybody. Nobody, honestly, no one is really important in this movie except Alice. And I don't even think they mention Alice's They don't name. say her name at all. And the only reason you know that is because she's the main character of this whole fucking series. They only put her name in the credits. Some characters are actually just fucking colors because this is fucking Reservoir Dogs. The one thing I also wanted to mention before we get into the nitty gritty is um, the the music for this movie 
Yeah, the music. So because it's a movie in the early 2000s and it's like a, you know, it's high octane action movie, it's got a headache inducing hard rock soundtrack that is so loud that you can't hear anybody talking. It's like ear splitting and annoying. And I, I know I probably sound like an old lady, like get off my lawn, you crazy kids. But like, it's, I swear, it's so bad. It's horrible. And the music is done. You want to, you ready for this, guys? It's done by a two time Oscar nominated composer by the name of Marco Beltrami in conjunction with Marilyn fucking Manson. <laughs> I don't understand how this marriage happened, but this blasphemous thing should never happen again in the history of forever because <laughs> it was just ridiculous. Yeah, it, it is definitely like there's nothing redeemable about the music. It's just kind of loud and in your face. It's kind of like Fight Club, but Fight Club did it on purpose. I used to be okay with this movie when I was younger. Watching it now, it's like a diet version of the diet version of Resident Evil. We have basically one reference to the entire game in this movie. One goddamn reference. And that's the fucking liquor. That's a weird name for a monster. The liquor? Yeah, well, it's a basically a quadrupedal human mass of muscles that's flipped inside out. So its brain is exposed with a giant fucking Gene Simmons tongue. So they call it the liquor. It kind of looked like a shittier version of Venom. Yeah, kind of. If again, yeah, flipped inside, <laughs> inside out. out. <laughs> yeah, it's this is uh this fucking movie's fucking fuck. Oh no, maybe we should get into the nitty gritty now and just power through this thing, huh? Yeah, let's do this. Okay. Um. So we start with our introduction to this world with a reading of. The Umbrella Corporation. What is it? And uh, I think this is read by Jason Isaacs. It is Jason Isaacs, who we know mostly from the Harry Potter series as playing Lucius Malfoy, which, by the way, if you're a Harry Potter fan and you haven't gotten your hands on the Harry Potter reunion that's on HBO Max right now, please do it. It's so good. My, my little heart swelled and my tears were flowing. But anyway. So... The Umbrella Corporation, for anybody who doesn't know, it, again, is a pharmaceutical corporation who has this glowing image. That they, they're curing the world of diseases, and oh, they're so great, they're amazing people, but the corporation is just a front for evil. Every villain is lemons, otherwise known as evil. What can we do? When will this crime wave end? How will we defeat the evil? Why am I asking you all these questions? And just to clarify what I meant before by like the whole Matrix comparison. I mean, Matrix did come out in like 99, if I'm not mistaken. And this was 2002. And Matrix obviously was such a huge thing that I'm sure a lot of movies during that time were aping off of the success of Matrix. And it's pretty obvious just by, like, the vibe of the film 
especially in the opening and like the graphics that were done in the opening very like oh code popping up everywhere and even like the font look kind of matrixy and then when you go into the cold open which by the way is like the longest cold open in history it's so long and slow and god help us it's basically like an office building like everything's normal la di da di da but really it's the terrible seedy underbelly of the world evil mwahaha but like to the audience the first perception is that it's just like a normal office building and you got this Joe Schmo walking through the building and he's in, you know, the button down and in the tie and everything. Corporate guy. And he gets coffee spilled on him. And all I could think in my head was like, Mr. Anderson. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Like, they're just trying to be Matrix, essentially. Well, I feel like. Well, so we see a man. We don't see his face. We just kind of see his shoulder as he collects two samples of what we later learn is the T virus and the antivirus. For anyone who plays the game, the T-Virus is the main virus that started it all, creates zombies, blah, 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 blah. And they depict it by showing crazy straws, like, cut up inside of a vial and, like, you know, high C going through it. Like, it's so cheap looking and stupid. Well, this guy throws one of the T-Viruses and it breaks going through the atmosphere, going through the vents and all that good stuff. And the AI locks down the entire building, basically leading to a kill zone where it starts killing everybody. Frankie even brought up before the elevator scene, which should have been a lot more graphic. I was pissed because like we went through, again, the longest cold opening in the history of cold openings. And then we get this scene that is like, it's such an obvious like horror type scene. It's where like everyone's stuck in an elevator. They've managed to pry the door open a tiny bit and this girl is like I can squeeze through because I'm skinny <laughs> and then she squeezes herself through and she can only get her fucking head through so her neck is like in the middle of the thing so I'm like oh great like she's gonna die she's gonna get decapitated by the elevator great love it cool yay I'm down some gore to make up for this boring ass cold open and then finally they do it and like the elevator starts up and the elevator starts going up and her head is stuck and you see the camera go up and then it cuts to black and I'm like um excuse me <laughs> where's my murder where's my crazy cool death I wanted it I was I was screaming at the TV I was actually really upset because I'm like you took us through all of this you're R-rated so you have no reason not to do gore just fuck even if it was CGI blood I would have been happy I like I was just so ready for it and then it it disappointed me you did not satisfy my wife's bloodlust Resident Evil all right <laughs> when you say it like that it sounds horrible <laughs> so we cut to Mila Jovovich who is passed out in the shower um, so we've mentioned Mila Jovovich before she's famous for Fifth Element and a host of other things she's also famous for marrying the director of this movie yep they actually got engaged the year after this movie came out and then got married like years later could that possibly be why she got the role? I'm not suggesting that. I mean, she's a marvelous actor if you like stone <laughs> and non-emotions and just, you know, blandness. <laughs> we get to a common trope of our main character doesn't remember anything. 
Yes. And like you slowly but surely throughout the movie realize more things about her along with the character herself. Which I was like, oh, so it's like Jason Bourne, but with a vagina. And then Scott was like, oh, it's like Arnold Schwarzenegger in Total Recall with a vagina. I'm like, okay, so there you go. I'm it, like, it's like Long Kiss Goodnight. With, well, that, she, Gina Davis has a vagina, so we're good there. So, <laughs> yeah, so this is a common trope. It It's basically so characters later on can give information. And it doesn't sound overly exposition-y, even though it still does sound overly exposition-y in this movie. So, she runs into a character named Matt after walking around aimlessly for a while. Yes, played by Eric Mabius, who... I only know him from Ugly Betty, the show from, like, years ago with America Ferreira, which, yes, I actually was one of the ten people that watched that show. Um, (laughs) But originally, this role was supposed to be played by David Boreanaz, who, if you don't know, he was in the Buffy TV show, and he turned it down so he could stay on the show Angel, which was a spinoff of Buffy. Oh, that was a good choice by him. I think so, too. But it's even funnier because originally Alice, who is, again, Mila Jovovich, she was supposed to originally be played by Sarah Michelle Gellar, who played Buffy on the show. That was So that would have been, like, way too weird. <laughs> but it would have kind of been funny, I feel like. But it, it would have been weird for sure. Also, Gwyneth Paltrow was uh, approached for the role of Alice, which, again, thank God she didn't take that. <laughs> I mean, we just talked about her last week with Iron Man. Imagine if she did this. Oh, boy. And then, like, try to do Iron Man. They would have been like, you were the lady from the zombie movie with the fucking demon Dobermans. Nah, that's okay. We'll we'll, we'll call you when we need you. Sorry, that's the only other reference. So there's two references to the game. But, yeah, they're quickly accosted by a security force. SWAT team, like, busts through the house and grabs her and grabs Matt and whisk them off to parts unknown. And, okay, one thing I found really weird about this was, like, A, how slow-moving everything is. Like, literally, Mila Jovovich walks around this fucking huge-ass mansion for what seems like 10, 15 minutes, just, I mean, like, walking into big empty rooms going, hello? Hello? In this, like, wispy fucking dress because why not and then they have a whole sequence too where like she's outside in like a courtyard or something and they try to make the wind scary like they make this gust of wind hit her and these leaves are swirling in the air and she's like running away and then after all that of course the SWAT team comes in and that's the other thing um I literally I'm watching the movie and they're in a big mansion right and then I look away for like not even a minute i turn around and they're on a train i'm like why are they on a train where did the train come from (laughs) it's very good i'm like wait are they in a warehouse now because by the way everything in this movie looks gray and ugly and unappealing i scott is like oh damn i thought i was the one that was gonna rant bitch i'm ranting now there are points in this movie where paul ws anderson tries to do like very like stoic like scary like horror shots of just like the hallways of places and all the hallways look the same and they look ugly and gray like this is not the shining bro like like this, this is not an interesting environment to like hold on long shots so we the audience gets an atmospheric scare and feel like a chill in our bones we're just bored <laughs> well no that's the thing now so 
the game, the, at least the first game, takes place in this fucking eccentric mansion. And that's the thing about, like, the train and stuff. The mansion has a secret laboratory underneath it. There are cave systems. The mansion is a fucking weird-ass place with all these cool sculptures, puzzles, things you have to figure out. None of that is here. And none of that's here. And it's Nothing. Like, and you're like, why did you choose off-gray as your main color? Uh, and nothing else. Like, literally nothing else. Everything is gray. Well, the other thing is, like... All these characters are boring as shit, except for, like... Michelle Rodriguez, which we'll get to. Michelle Rodriguez. God bless. Uh, she should have been the star of this movie. She should have been. She's the only one that gives a fuck. Well, just because she's Michelle Rodriguez. She doesn't have to give a good performance, but she's at least fun to watch. She at least gives a performance. Like, literally everyone else, it either sounds like they're just bored and, like, half asleep, <laughs> Mila Jovovich, or... It sounds like they're reading their lines off a cue card in the corner. And I get it. Like, I, you know, I don't know how well the acting in video games is generally. I know, like, nowadays the acting in video games is good a lot of the times. And it's more seen as, like, a genuine art form, voice acting. But, like, I would imagine back in the day maybe it wasn't taken as seriously. Well, even still, like, in the game, there are a lot of things that are badly translated because... The game is transported over from Japan. The actual real name of the game is actually Biohazard. Ah, well, that would make more sense. But when they brought Biohazard over here, there was a company that already owned the name in America and a heavy metal band at the time. So they changed the name to Resident Evil. So this SWAT team breaks in and they start questioning Alice and going... Give us a report. Alice doesn't remember anything. Uh, they quickly capture Matt, handcuff him, and uh, the, our two other characters who are actually decent, our commanding officer, who I can't remember his name right now. He doesn't have a name. No one in this movie has a fucking name, at least not one that I can remember. So no, but just he, say commanding officer guy. We have our commanding officer <laughs> who is... He's not bad. He's actually pretty He's cool. fine, but he's not in the movie for very long, no, unfortunately. Well, he has the best death in the movie. That's true, too. And Michelle Rodriguez, who plays Rain. Who, again, didn't realize her name in the movie till like, literally halfway through, but that's fine. That whole... I, I feel like we're stopping a lot, but there's, there's a lot to, like, understand and unpack. So, okay... As the movie goes on, you find out Umbrella Corporation, evil, right? And, like, they're doing secret stuff down in, you know, underground lair type thing, right? Okay, cool, I'm on board. But, like, when they break into the house, Matt is there, right? How did he get there? First off, that's number one question. Number two question, he immediately says, I'm a cop. And so logic would assume you're a cop investigating this evil corporation right and you know michelle rodriguez and the commanding officer guy work for this evil corporation and they carry big guns with them so why why would you take this guy and bring him with you on this like you know crazy adventure going on why wouldn't you just like kill him or at the very least like lock him up somewhere um okay why they don't even ask him like what are you doing here they just like take him with them because he has to be there for the plot 
So, okay. And it doesn't make any sense. The only thing I could even think of, because at the time this movie came out, we were three Resident Evils in. In Resident Evil 2, there is a whole big plot line that Umbrella owns the Raccoon City Police Department. And there's a whole big thing about, like, oh, the cops are on their payroll anyway. So maybe the cops sent him. That's not made clear because no. al- because also then they why would they tie him up then if like he's in their pocket why would they tie him well, up Well I think it I So think- clearly they, it's it's on record that he's an enemy of the fucking umbrella people but yet they they leave him alive and they just take him along in their secret lair and show him everything that they're doing like it doesn't make any sense but he needs to be there because you know he's like the revolution guy and he yes. is supposed to like help Alice and like be the good guy with Alice and like it's just it doesn't make sense but again it's a video game movie I just wish it was a so bad it's good situation it really isn't though it's just like a it's not even a so bad it's bad it's just like mediocre yeah so uh, as Frankie said we climbed down under the mansion to the secret train facility and we find our other character Spence Yes, we we see this guy Spence fall out of one of the train cars and the umbrella people immediately know who he is and like, oh, okay, this is Spence. You're even though they don't say Mila Jovovich's name, she's Alice. Basically, uh their whole purpose, the two of them is they're undercover security agents and they live in the mansion which is guarding the underground lair. So they're security, right? And the reason that all of this has happened, this all comes out in a big exposition dump by the commanding officer guy. So just try to try to stick with me because it was hard for me to comprehend. So I'm going to try to explain it. Alice and Spence are pretending to be husband and wife as part of their cover. And they live in this big mansion guarding the underground lair for Umbrella Corporation. And something happened to the evil lair we don't know what yet that's why the umbrella people are there and they're going to investigate and that's why they're on the train going to the evil lair right so they take spence and alice with them because they're also umbrella agents but they don't remember anything because when this whatever happened this attack on the lair apparently like this gas came out of the house and like knocked them out and like made them forget stuff so i as like a security measure quote unquote for the house so if they got captured they wouldn't be able to tell anybody anything because they wouldn't remember but First of all, that's convoluted as fuck, obviously, number one. Number two, they eventually get their memory back. So really, all any infiltrating people would have to do is, like, just wait it out and wait for them to remember and then, like, you know, get the information out of them, however. So it really it really doesn't make any sense. It just seemed like a plot point to, like, make a mystery. So Alice doesn't know who she is. What's really going on here? It's like, all right, whatever. And also, they don't question, because he's supposed to be at the house, the husband guy, so why is he in the train car falling out of a... That doesn't make any sense either. But they don't question that. He doesn't have memory, so they couldn't tell them even if he did. Well, they don't even bring that up amongst themselves. Like, what were you doing in here? You're supposed to be in the house, dipshit. Like, they don't... And also, if he wasn't in the house, then how did he pass out from the gas? I'm punching holes in this story here, people. I've never seen this movie before. Never played the games. And I'm punching holes in this fucking movie. The size of a train, ironically enough. Yes. So we take the train over to the hive. 
which is the name of the secret underground facility here. And also the town is called Raccoon City, which is a stupid name. I, I digress. Well, that's the actual name of the actual town in the game. But it's it's a stupid name. It's they didn't do half the shit in the fucking game, but they've decided, oh, we're going to keep Raccoon City. Technically, he's not a raccoon, you yeah. know. Oh, whatever. It's garbage. Stupid. This <laughs> is stupid. Well, the name was thought of in 1996. Don't. But it's 2002. Times are changing. <laughs> You can change the name no, you to can't. literally anything. No, you can't. <laughs> Why? Because it's is this is the city run by raccoons? Is that the, like the plot twist in movie seven? I I don't know because the uh, after it gets nuked in game three, my brain hurts. Can we continue? Yes. <laughs> so we arrive at the hive. We find out that the Red Queen is the AI running this entire facility. Get it? Because Queen and Hive and ha 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 ha, bees! And apparently with homicidal, she killed everyone. Uh, so they get to the Red Queen's quarters and our hacker, Kaplan. Random bland white guy number two. Like, it, it doesn't really matter. Every fucking guy in this movie is a random bland white guy, except the one cool guy who's black guy. And of course, because it's a horror movie, he dies first. Well, not first, he, but He's shortly the real, after. He's the only character that's really a character, and he dies first. I call bullshit. So he disables the Red Queen for a little bit, so they go start going into this mirrored hallway to shut her down permanently, and the door shut, and lasers. The laser scene. That's a good scene. It's honestly... The it's like the only good fucking scene in the movie. It's the only thing from this movie that translated into the game because it's in the fourth game from after this movie. But the lasers come, kill everybody, dice up the commander in an awesome shot. That was pretty cool, yeah. Frankie got her decapitation here too. I know, they made up for that because one of the agents or whatever gets decapitated in the laser room. And I was like, yay, I get my decapitation. Oh. But even then, there wasn't any, like, cool blood spurts or anything. Like, it just kind of, you know, they kind of just, their body parts just, like, slid off and fell to the floor. But you can't have everything. Well, I was kind of thinking high beam laser that it probably cauterized the wound so it wouldn't be like a... Right, true. You're right, you're right, you're right. The other kill was really hysterical. As the captain's on the floor with a guy who lost his fingers, calm down, you're going into shock. Get your shit together. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sitting here like, you're telling him to, to stay conscious. Don't freak out. And I'm like, his fingers are off. Like, he can't really control that. But this other guy tries to jump the laser, and the laser comes up as he's jumping. Yeah, that was pretty funny. I was like, ha you loser. And then the, the last guy, the commanding officer guy, who you think, I, you know, to be fair, you think he's actually going to be a character in the movie because he has a few conversations with Alice, and he seems like, you know, he actually gives a fuck, and he's being an actor in this movie. But then, yeah, he's dodging the lasers, and then at the last second, it does like a fucking complete like dicing pattern where it's like there's no way you can avoid it and then he's dead and it, it was a pretty it was fucking cool i was like hooting and hollering at the tv at that point yeah. i was like okay this doesn't seem too bad and then it gets bad well the way they did that so they actually had a dummy of him that they cut into many different sections and they have string you can't see and they pull the string and have the dummy fall into small little pieces that was actually done practically oh that's good which is 
cool. You should have done more of that. Yeah, really. The the CGI is really egregious. I mean, we're, we'll talk about the worst of it when we get there, but it's, yeah, it's pretty bad. But it's 2002, so I can forgive it for that. But, yeah, it's it's pretty rough. So Kaplan does eventually end up shutting off this laser room, and him and Mila Jovovich go to, like, shut down the queen, and we get the animated version of the queen. Which oh, yeah, it's like a hologram. Looks terrible. Yeah, but that wasn't as bad, honestly, because it's like, oh, hologram, tech thing. It's like, I can forgive that. But it's it's really the stuff that like could so easily be practical and look so much cooler that irritates me. But this this didn't bother me as much. It's just a little girl in like basically a red tint that's supposed to be a hologram. Yeah, but she gets the most famous line from this movie. You're all going to die down here. And they shut her off, and this leads to the zombies being released. All the people that died in this cold open that worked at this facility are now zombified and walking around and they want to eat brains (laughs) we get michelle rodriguez yeah she immediately gets bitten in the hand by a zombie and i'm like quick cut her hand off cut her hand off haven't you seen the walking dead damn it you're supposed to cut your hand off (laughs) oh my god and throughout this movie she gets bit like four times everybody kind of reunites as the zombies are attacking them uh one guy does get Day of the Dead killed as he opens the door to an elevator. Turns around and he's like, I got the door open. Door opens. All the zombies are behind him. Grab him. Pull him back. The the problem, well, one of the real problems with the movie is that, like, you don't really care about anybody. You care about Michelle Rodriguez a little bit because she's actually trying. And she's being her normal Michelle Rodriguez self. But everybody else is literally, like, bland random white person they all look the fucking same like especially the agents there's like multiple agents in the room that are just tall white guys with like short brown hair they literally all look exactly the same that's why when they kept getting killed off i'm like oh white guy number two white guy number three like like it's just and like you you don't even know their names you don't even know their fucking names they don't even have the fucking common decency that they do in horror movies where like they at least give each character a quirk that's supposed to be like their one defining character trait so you can distinguish them from each other. No, they're all just like fucking idiot white people <laughs> with guns. And it's like, okay, we get it. Like, can we just have something with variety happen? No, just just getting killed by zombies one after the other and yep. don't care who they are because you don't even know what to call them. Okay. I can still recite all the characters from the game. The guy with the slick back hair you talked about before, his name's Albert Wesker. Wesker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounded familiar. And when you showed me the first 10 minutes of the video game, the guy in the video game looked like that guy. And I'm like, oh, that must be that guy. It is that guy. Ah, see? So Albert Wesker, ah. who he plays a very important part. Not going to get into this. Oh, please don't, because I'm not going to watch another fucking Resident Evil movie. Well, no. I'm really not. In the game. So you see, he plays I'm not going to play the game either, still. bitch. But uh, then you got Chris Redfield, Jill Valentine, Claire Redfield, Leon S. Kennedy. Uh, but oh, just to clarify, are any of the characters in this movie in the game? No. What about Alice? Alice isn't in the no. game? No. Alice isn't in the games? Nope. Any of the games? Nope. I didn't know that. Who, who's the main character of the games? Uh, the first game is 
Chris Redfield and Jill Valentine. Okay. The second game is Claire Redfield and Leon S. Kennedy. The third game is Jill Valentine. So nobody in this movie. <laughs> no. When... Okay. <laughs> Hold on. You're blowing my mind. When do the people in the games start showing up in the movies? Jill shows up in movie two. Okay. Claire shows up in movie three. Why did we make that? This, this is a really, I guess, the more important question. Why did we make the decision to not include any of the characters in the actual game? Okay, so... Do you my, have an answer to this? No. Uh, <laughs> okay. But to my knowledge, I think the reason they don't tell Alice's name mm. is initially they were going to make Alice Jill Valentine. Uh-huh. But they decided against it, I think, at the last minute. Uh-huh. But I Do don't... we know why? No. Okay. I thought... Because I, I knew Alice wasn't the main character, but I thought maybe she was like a side character nope. in the games that they just made her the... Nope. Wow. She is in none of the games. Wow. Even after like this movie came out nope. in subsequent games, they didn't put an Alice in the game. Nope. And the thing is, uh, after this movie, because this movie technically is a successful movie. It is, yeah. Uh, by box office standards. By box is. office standards, it actually influenced the games and made the games more action. Partially why... Five is a piece of shit, and six is probably is even more of a piece of shit. That's that's even more confounding. Okay, I'm just my brain hurts <laughs> even more now. Continue, yep. please. Can we get to the doggies? Soon? Yes. Uh, so now we have escaped this initial horror. People have died. Uh, we have broken up into groups. We find out Matt's backstory is he's, I guess you could call him an eco terrorist fighting against corporations. Uh, he sent his sister in. To because he couldn't get a job at Umbrella, so he sent his sister in to find out information about Umbrella. So he's he's go searching for more information. Mila Jovovich walks randomly away from everybody and ends up in a dog kennel where we meet the Cerberus dogs. Yeah, because in the cold open they purposely show like a bunch of dogs in cages that are getting tested on. And they barked a bunch, and Leia got very excited, our dog. <laughs> She's like, ooh, friends. <laughs> but um, I found a fun fact about the dogs particularly, which made me feel all cute and warm and fuzzy inside. The makeup department and the crew were having a lot of issues with the dogs because they were covered in, like, zombie makeup and, like, meat and blood to make them look like zombies, and the dogs were constantly licking off the blood and the meat and <laughs> driving the crew crazy, which just, just gave me little tingles of, like, aw, cute puppies, <laughs> cute murderous zombie puppies. Uh, they actually have a great scene in the game and when you're walking through the mansion, you walk down this hallway and they just burst through the windows. It scared the living shit out of me as a kid, but... Alice fights the zombie dogs, and she's starting to remember that she's a badass, so she can climb a wall and break a zombie dog's neck with a kick. I get that that was supposed to be, like, a badass moment, but it didn't feel like that. And I don't know if it was, like, because of the Foley artist or because just the visual of literally Alice climbing a wall, like, scaling a wall. In slow motion. In slow motion, yes, and kicking a dog... In if it looked like he kicked it, she kicked it in the torso. It just made a very meat slappy sound over the rock, like heavy rock fucking score. I was like, 
that looks crazy. <laughs> it does. And not in a fun way, like in a weird, off-putting way. Well, there's a thing. When you have people who can't do certain things... Well, she did all her own stunts, except, I think, except for one. Yeah. Mila Jovovich. But she's not a fighter. She's not like... Like, if you watch certain movies where you see people who actually know how to fight and how they move, it takes years of training to do that. When somebody can't do that, they st- automatically lean on slow motion. And it just oh, makes yeah. it look so incredibly fake. Well, also, I think... Again, to mention The Matrix, I think because of the bullet time that became such a huge thing in The Matrix, I think a lot of movies, not just this one, use slow motion and that kind of technology to make their movie, quote unquote, look cool. And yeah, no, it it looked cool in The Matrix because it's The Matrix. But in movies like Resident Evil, it just, like you said, it looks fake and lame and stupid, especially, again, when you're kicking it zombie dog but um that, just to mention about matt that whole sequence about where she, you know he is talking about his sister and he actually like runs into her as a zombie and alice kills her you know he kind of like kneels next to her body and it's supposed to be a very like sad moment for him and then he explains his backstory to alice and the whole time i'm sitting there First of all, his acting is, again, bland white guy saying bland white things. But also, he's kneeling next to his dead sister, who is dead because of him, by the way, because he got her to, like, join the Umbrella Corporation, supposedly, and get all this information for him to, you know, to to fight the Umbrella Corporation. So, really, if I were her brother... I would be feeling terribly guilty and distraught right now. But he like just like sits next to her and talks to Alice like like she's just like a fucking Persian rug in, on the floor between them. I'm like, is this supposed to make me feel things because he's talking about his sister while she's lying dead in front of him? Like, I'm not saying he has to sob like a bitch or anything, but like have feelings, feelings. You remember feelings, Scott? Feelings. What are feelings? Oh no! <laughs> Resident Evil has corrupted you. <laughs> but I, yeah, I'm just gonna stare at you <laughs> <laughs> blankly and whitely. But <laughs> yeah, the the character of Matt is right on par with everybody else as far as their acting ability and their mattering to the story ability. But he's just the character itself is just so confusing, and I don't understand like the logistics of why he is here and why he is alive except just to explain that the revolution exists and alice spoiler alert is a part of the revolution throughout her memory you know jolts or whatever she eventually realizes that she was working undercover undercover secretly working for the revolution to try to like you know uh expose umbrella yeah exactly matt's pointless everybody's pointless Yep. Except for Michelle Rodriguez, and I guess Alice because she's supposed to be the main character, but like, is she really? I don't know. No, not really. <laughs> uh, so, our crew finally reunites. They reactivate the Red Queen. Yeah, and they, they all basically ask her, like, what the hell's going on? She explains, like, you know, basically, again, it, we let out all the zombies and now you're going to die. <laughs> but yet, she also helps them try to get out. Which doesn't make sense. 
But they, they, because apparently they say, oh, we have this doohickey that if you don't help us, we're going to fry you and overload your system and you're going to die. But it's like she's a computer. So you can't really threaten the computer. Like, I don't, I don't understand. So now the, the, the object of the game slash movie here is to get out of this secret underground lair, avoid the zombies and get out of here back to the mansion because if we don't get back to the mansion in a certain amount of time the walls close off yes we, we can't get out and we're stuck down here so we're all gonna die so we got to get out of here that's the point and the ai the red queen she also establishes that anyone that is bitten by a zombie or scratched by a zombie is infected by the virus and you can't leave because i won't allow you to leave and as she's saying that if the fucking camera literally pans to michelle rodriguez and she's got her fucking hand bitten off practically and she's sweating she's clearly infected and she's getting weaker by the second but everyone literally just carries her at at one point they literally carry her throughout the movie and i'm like you're not good at zombie apocalypse are you no well well, it's even funny because like she's starting to not be able to see like at one point kaplan's being like attacked the kaplan thing is so ridiculous too we're uh, going to talk about that in a second. This is, well, that's basically where we are now. Uh, they run into a bunch of other zombies. Michelle Rodriguez gets bit again, but they get up on some pipes. Kaplan gets separated from the crew, and he's being attacked by a zombie. And Michelle Rodriguez, she's aiming her gun like, I can't see. I can't even like look at him. And fucking Alice grabs the gun, shoots the zombie. But then Kaplan, this is another reason why no one in this movie is fucking good at zombie apocalypse, okay? He is separated from the group, surrounded by zombies, and the group's like, oh, we'll we'll figure out a way to come get you. We'll save you. And Kaplan's like, no, leave me. I'm gonna just die here. You guys go. And the group is like, oh, no. No, we'll save you. And they, they eventually leave. But <laughs> Kaplan, right, he makes like he's gonna kill himself. He's like, oh, I got one bullet in this gun. I guess I'm lucky. I can use it on myself. So he goes and puts the gun in his mouth and then off screen you hear like they cut back to the group you know that's running away and you hear a gunshot and you're like oh great he killed himself and he doesn't have to get ripped apart by fucking zombies right but then you cut back to Kaplan and he shot one of the zombies with his one bullet I'm like excuse me sir (laughs) are you dumb like yes you killed the zombie good for you it was right in front of your face you have spectacular aim but now you're gonna get ripped apart by a million other zombies you dummy and then he just like magically after all that finds a secret passageway out and he's alive now and he's fine and i'm like what was the point of any of that if he could just get out on his own Moving on. Um, Nothing makes sense. Everybody sucks. So they're going down the hallway and finally Alice gets one of her last big memory dumps where she's like, wait, there's an antivirus. Rain, you'll be okay. And Michelle Rodriguez does give a great line as she's being carried by Spence going, oh, great. I was starting to get get worried. (laughs) Why wasn't she the main character? This is not fair. (laughs) Well, I'll let you in on a little secret since you're not going to watch any of the other movies. No, I'm certainly not. She comes back. Does she? She does. As a person? Yes. Oh. How? Is it like her twin? Is it there? No. Did they soap opera this thing? What no. do they do? Oh, no. I'm scared by your face what they did. What do they do? What do they do to Michelle Rodriguez? 
cloning. Oh, fuck's sake. Uh, so death means nothing in this franchise because you could just come back as a clone. Yep. It's basically like a soap opera, but with zombies, because literally you can come back from the dead in soap operas all the time. Yep. When they introduced cloning into the series, that was basically when I did give up on the series till years later when I watched the last couple movies, because cloning is fucking bullshit. Ugh. So they go to find the antivirus. It's gone. Oh, no. Oh, God, what happened? And now Spence gets his memory. <gasps> this is the big twist of the movie, everyone. Get ready. It's so surprising. <laughs> so Spence overheard Alice selling information to Matt's sister. But Spence actually was in love with Alice. So his brilliant idea was to steal the virus, sell the virus, make a ton of money, and disappear with Alice. That's the big twist, that actually Spence stole the cure and the virus, and he's evil, and he wants money. And Alice. And Alice. But, but Alice is a goody two-shoes. Oh, okay. She's a good guy. That's that's nice, at least. Uh, <laughs> so she doesn't want this. Spence has a gun. He's pointing it at Matt's head, and he's like, I'm going to go basically he gets bit by a zombie that comes out of the water he goes out the door with his one killer line in the entire movie i'm starting to miss you already and locks them into this flooded room we get the red queen who comes back and goes i've been a bad girl uh, she shows them like footage of this fucking huge zombie monster that, like I mentioned before, kind of looks like a shittier version of Venom. It's just a CGI fuck show. And she basically sicks the damn monster onto Spence and it kills him. Hooray. And what is it called again? A liquor. It's so weird and gross. Okay. Um, it's weird and gross. <laughs> the Red Queen's like, you can get out of here and you could get the antivirus and possibly save anyone who's infected but the thing is michelle rodriguez is infected so you have to kill her or i or i won't let you out of this room and it's like alice literally is like um but you just said that the thing could save her the antivirus so like just let us out and like we'll save her and stuff so she can leave and the red queen's like nah she's too far gone so alice smacks her axe into the computer and suddenly the red queen is fried how did that happen? <gasps> Kaplan's back! Y yay! I'm so happy to see him again. I missed him so. So Matt, Rain, Alice, and Kaplan all get to the train. Alice, Choo -choo. Alice gets to kill Spence with an axe uh, because he comes back as a zombie. And Alice gets to repeat his line, I'm missing you already. Oh, burn. And she drops her wedding wing, her fake wedding wing. She, <laughs> she drops her fake wedding ring in front of him like, we're divorced. You know, that kind of thing. It's so fucking, like, who cares? Who fucking cares? Let's end this. No, no, what, so, no what that line should have been? What? Consider that a divorce. Total recall with a vagina. <laughs> and um, okay so they get on the train choo choo everything's wonderful they give uh rain the fucking antivirus and then she passes out and they think she's dead but oh she wakes up and oh we're all having a laugh everything is wonderful right no 
no because fucking ugly shit doomsday guy comes out of the woodwork liquor i refuse to call him that fucking ugly <laughs> doomsday venom it's a stupid fucking name it's not scary it's just yucky sounding anyway that's the point it's, only, <laughs> it's just a thing of a giant tongue the fucking gross thing attacks the train kills kaplan and because who cares about him it scratches Matt up, but let's not worry about that right now because fucking Rain, Michelle Rodriguez, turns out the antivirus didn't work and she's a zombie now. She attacks Alice and Matt and they kill her by Michelle Rodriguez. Uh, who opens the door and then causes the liquor to fall through and get dragged under the train and dies. And then Matt and Alice take all the vials of the virus and the antivirus and they go into the mansion just in the nick of time before the, you know, the walls close in on them. And they're like, hooray, we're safe. But Alice is like, oh no, we failed. We didn't save Rain and we didn't, I don't know what the fuck she thought they were going to do. But, um, you know, Matt's just trying to cheer her up like, the Viva Revolution, we can do this. We do, we, we're here and da-da-da, happy. And then he starts to freak the fuck out and, like, mutate because he got scratched by the creepy doomsday venom monster that looks like shit. And then, all of a sudden, these guys in hazmat suits break in, grab up Alice and Matt, and take them off to parts unknown. And then the ending happens... Yeah, so Alice wakes up. Well, Matt gets brought into something called the Nemesis Program, and he will become our nemesis in the next movie. But uh, Alice wakes up in the hospital in Raccoon City, uh, naked again, with just a very small towel. Uh, towel. Let's call it a towel. Let's call it a towel. Looks like a tissue, but let's call it a towel. <laughs> I don't know what to call it. I don't know the medical terminology for that. She uh, steals a doctor's robe, walks out into the Raccoon City streets because the hospital is empty, and chaos is ensued. We get our Day of the Dead reference again with the dead walk on the newspaper. And the, the streets are totally empty. Cars are all fucked up and all over the place. Blood's like splattered everywhere. And then the ending shot was admittedly pretty cool. Alice in like all her glory she just reaches into a cop car pulls out a shotgun cocks it and looks out into the fucking world of destruction as the camera pans out and literally that's like the only cool shot in the movie <laughs> in my opinion well that and the lasers that and the lasers that's not that's like a whole sequence i'm just talking about like a cool shot you yeah. know that was that was a nice shot i like that boulder that is a nice boulder you got one shot <laughs> One opportunity. <laughs> we used it already. You can't do it again. Oh, no. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, good job, Paul W.S. Anderson, for getting that, that one cool shot. And that's that's Resident Evil, guys. That is Resident Evil. Leaving it wide open for a sequel that I will never watch. Yeah, maybe someday. Uh, maybe not. So, Scott, how do you feel after rewatching the Resident Evil film? Now is your time to get out all of your spare emotions that you have not yet expressed don't worry, I'll be sitting here with my popcorn listening very intently. So, the reason I wanted to watch this, it used to be a movie I used to like, at best like. I wanted to watch it again because A, Frankie hadn't seen it, and B, I think there could be a good movie here. I really do. I haven't seen the new one. I heard it's kind of a mess because they take the storyline from the first game and the second game and smush it into an hour and a half. 
Wait, 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 wait. Are you saying that a Resident Evil movie is a mess? Yeah, I know. I, that's what I've heard. Oh my, I'm I'm shocked. But, I am flabbergasted. I am appalled but by that news. In my heart of hearts, I think there's something here in this series that could make something a good movie. The games are fun. They are a good time. Watching this again frustrates me. And that's what frustrates me about a lot of video game movies in general is because there are stories there that if you took the right stories and didn't just try and copy the game, there's stuff there that could make good movies. There's so many movies that were like, oh, it's just a game. We don't really need the character. We just need the name. That's what scares me about the Uncharted movie. But, like, it just frustrates me because it's like, oh, we just need a couple of little things here. The liquor, the zombies, the uh, Umbrella Corporation, the secret underground lair. Uh, that's fine. That's uh, fine. We'll make everything else up as we go along. Is there good stuff here? Yes. But this should have been an easy translation. Why make a Resident Evil movie and say, oh, I don't care about fucking zombies? Then don't make a Resident Evil movie. Don't. Paul W. Sanderson, you took this and you fucked the series up so bad that you even fucked the games up. Oh, God. I, I gave it three out of five, but that's only... It's more because... That's very generous of you. It is. It's probably a two and a half out of five, to be honest. Is it an okay action flick? Mm. Yeah, it's okay. It is just crossing the line of average. It's it's watchable. I'll say that. I didn't like it. I, I also gave it a two and a half out of five stars because I do agree with you, Scott. I think there's a lot here that you could do something with, but the execution is just very subpar. I It feels like both in script and in performance and in presentation, like a first draft of a movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think that if it was done with better writers, better director, better actors, etc., it could have been a lot better. Didn't It didn't live up to that hype for sure of the games anyway. Which I think is the problem with many video game movies, which leads us to next week. <laughs> the daddy of them all. Oh, yes. We're going to get there next week. Uh, we're going to have much more things to say about Paul W.S. Anderson. Let's put it that way. Um, but to be perfectly honest, I mean, I'm sure if you did a little IMDb search, you can figure out what we're going to watch next week for uh, Scott's second of three video game movies. I'm actually more excited to watch this one because of the cast and because this seems like a so bad it's good movie based on what I know and what I have seen of it. So I'm actually more excited to watch this one that's coming up next week and I hope you guys are too. We'll, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> but until then, this has been Shoot the Flick. I am Frankie Sparks. I am Scott Eisenberg. Make sure you check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Shoot the Flick and check out our weekly episodes every single Wednesday on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio, and pretty much anywhere else you can find a podcast. And make sure you come back next week for our kick ass, face punching, rock and rolling movie adventure. It's coming. Oh no. <laughs>